Welcome to Transformation in 10, bringing you expert insights for navigating the transformations impacting application delivery. This podcast is presented by Tricentus and brought to life by our special guests across the quality, DevOps, cloud, and business worlds. Greetings, listeners. It's Emma Peet, your host, and I'm really excited today to be in the company of our guest, Caroline Wong, Chief Strategy Officer and Head of the People Function at Cobalt.io, podcast host for Humans of Infotech, cybersecurity book author, just to name a few of your roles. But today we're focusing less on your role in definitive job terms and more in your involvement in advocating diversity and inclusion across so many aspects of your life. But before we get into that, I want to say hello, Caroline. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's so lovely to have you on, really. And I'm so excited to get into it. I'm going to give our listeners a little feel for for what you're all about, some of your background. So as I mentioned, you contribute so much to this conversation of diversity and inclusion in tech. And there are many places we could start. But I want to go back to a blog post you wrote. This is back in 2017 on a different approach to diversity. And you state, I believe the stories we hear influence the values we have and that the role models we see affect how we choose to behave. As a little girl, I wanted to grow up and be a rock star or a giraffe. (laughs) I didn't think to myself, I want to be a technology executive one day. And I really love that quote, Caroline. It's it's very relatable. (laughs) And I'm really excited to tell your story as an inspiring female leader in the cyber tech space, especially in the context of diversity and inclusion, where it is stories like yours that really need telling. So let's get into it. Last year, you wrote an article for Forbes, and it included seven tips for building and hiring diverse cybersecurity teams, featuring very practical advice, encouraging recruiters. For example, just thinking a little bit outside of your usual channels and reframing job descriptions, just to name a couple. So what do you think in terms of what more can the industry be doing to influence diversity within a team? So I think there is diversity, and then there is inclusion. And I Mm -hmm. think that inclusion is actually as important, if not more important than diversity. You could have a diverse team, Mm -hmm. and if folks don't feel psychologically safe and included, you're actually not going to reap the benefits of that diverse team. Mm -hmm. So is management listening to people? Is management Mm -hmm. curious about people's actual life experiences and accommodating for that. Certainly, Mm. as a woman, as a mother, some of the things that come to my mind first are my parental leave and my flexibility Mm. that I have in terms of if my kids get sick or if I even need to take my dog to the vet. You know, I think Mm. that there is this work experience that we have and the personal life experience, and they cannot be Mm. taken apart right? Regardless of where you come from or what color your skin is or what gender you identify with, sometimes people in your life are going to have a tough time. Sometimes you're going to get sick. And I think that support for these sorts of things, you know, a little bit of allowance for vulnerability uh, can really go a long way. Uh, There's one more uh, thing that I want to mention before we go on to the next question, which is that there's a difference between what you say and what you do. And it is very popular these days to say that you support diversity and inclusion. Now, if you do support diversity and inclusion, what that means is that you have hiring managers 
who are not racist and who are not sexist. And this actually, this bias is difficult to address in terms of rules and guidelines. But Mm -hmm. there's another analogy that says, I know it when I see it. And Mm -hmm. when it comes to these kinds of things, if you are a hiring manager that is not racist and that is not sexist, you know it when you see it. And when those Mm -hmm. people have authority to hire and fire in an organization, then you're going to see results. Yes. I had to hold back there not to kind of cheer you on. <laughs> that was I really wholeheartedly support everything that you that you said there, Caroline. It really kind of speaks to me and definitely in terms of what you said about, you know, you can't separate life and work. They're one and the same. You know, you bring your life to work just as you bring your your work to your life, you know, afterwards. You can't draw those strict boundaries and giving making allowances for that. And you know, like you said, just being a bit more forgiving and understanding really does go a long way. And often there's there's a tendency to kind of lump diversity and inclusion together and think that certain initiatives tick both those boxes but actually when we take a closer look at them we can kind of see maybe other things we need to address and look at it that way so yeah awesome response and as I mentioned earlier Caroline you're head of the people function at Cobalt and you've shared your process in both creating values and your startup culture and I had the luxury of reading another blog of yours where you talk about and as you said earlier you know it's not just about signaling these values it's about embodying them and they are very inclusive in their nature. For example, from humble learning to one cobalt. So could you share how you champion diversity and inclusion in these values and really live those values at cobalt? So there's a little bit of context, actually, which is to say that throughout my career, I have worked in great workplaces and I have worked in very toxic workplaces. And when I was more junior in my career, I didn't know that it was important for me to proactively seek out a healthy and supportive workplace, which is what led me to some of those toxic workplaces. And I've experienced that, I think like many of us have, and I've learned from that. And so my criteria when I seek a new role has become, number one, do I like and respect these people? And do they like and respect me? And number two, what is the size of the impact that I can make in this role? That has become very important to me. And so when I met these founders and I joined the company when we were just 10 people, today we're over 200, we've achieved Series B fundraising. It's been a super fun rocket ship of a journey. But at the very beginning, these are the questions I asked myself. And so what happened was the company grew fairly quickly from 10 to 20 to 50. And when you're a company of just 10 or 20 people, the values are very obvious because you're interacting with these people every day. Every decision that you make, every behavior that you exhibit demonstrates a value that you have. There's a difference, of course, between saying that you have a value and then doing that you have a value. And so when we were 50 people big, we did an exercise. This was when we were able to safely gather together all in person. And our CEO asked everyone to stand in a circle. And one by one, he called up about a dozen of our team members. And he said, here is Emma. She is so dedicated to her work. She is so detail-oriented. She is so compassionate and so flexible. And she just produces extraordinary work quality. 
And he encouraged everyone to chime in, to say, <sighs> what do we each love about working with Emma? And it was this, fin- and meanwhile, I'm rapidly typing away on a laptop <laughs> to record everything. And we have this Google document now. It's It's a wonderful artifact of this exercise. And so what we did was we recognized that at the company, we had values and we loved those values. And we also recognized that as you grow from 50 to 200 and beyond, that they will not naturally happen because at that mm-hmm. scale, not everyone is in every interview. And so mm-hmm. we had to formalize them. And that's how we began that process. We invited everyone in the company to come and collaborate with us in the document. And we came up with them together in an observable and collaborative way. And that's why they're they're pretty unique and I couldn't be more proud of them. And we use them when we hire people. We use them when we evaluate people. We use them when we terminate people. They are a huge part of operationally how we work at the company. That's awesome. I really like how you had that approach of let everyone speak, those individual voices. So you're not left with some kind of homogenous list of values that clearly come from, you know, the people from the very beginning who understand the essence of the company and still getting those those individual voices across. And I was really fascinated to read, actually, because not only are you clearly really focused on individuals and how they contribute, you kind of in your understanding of human behavior, reading the Sapiens book around, you know, once you do reach, I think you said after a point of 100 people, if you don't have these values, you don't have this overview. And and like, as you say, you can't be in every interview, you can't necessarily always speak to people as much as you would like. So by having these values, exhibiting them, making these the really the blood and everything that you do, that's really great. And it's a great story and something that I hope our listeners can take on board, you know, if they're in similar positions, or even just something that's pretty awesome to hear. Caroline is so astute with her observations, with the emphasis she puts on having inclusivity in any given team and having all voices heard. I really like Caroline's analogy of I know it when I see it to identify discriminatory behavior and also her dedication to embodying company values rather than simply saying them, something that shines through in her story about how Cobalt values were shaped. Keep listening for part two of my chat with Caroline, where we talk about Caroline's favorite thing born out of the pandemic, that champions women in cybersecurity and much more. As ever, thanks for listening. Until next airtime. Mm-hmm.